0: Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. loves and welcome back to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. I have with me today, Liz Fisher, an EFT international accredited certified EFT practitioner and energy makeover EFT coach. Liz found EFT while searching for cures for ongoing anxiety. And once incorporating that into her own life in self-taught ways, she got her certification and never looked back. Liz left her position as a graphic artist, something that she'd done for more than 20 years, in favor of creating a career in EFT to help others remove subconscious blocks and become better versions of themselves. Liz lives in Cleveland Heights, so we're neighbors. And she lives there with her husband, Ryan, her son, Jack, who's 13, her son, Sam, who's nine, and her palm Olive, who is 15. So we both have senior dogs going for us. <laughs> and Liz and I met at a women's circle. I hosted at my friend Mariah's shop, Cebu Play, also in Cleveland Heights. And Once we met and I heard what she did, I knew I had to have her on this podcast. I myself used EFT to support my own healing and expansion. If you've listened to this podcast before, then you know about two and a half years ago when I had my son Everett, I began my spiritual awakening. I began using holistic health approaches and particularly somatic healing therapies, And so EFT is one of those things that really helped me to move through some blocks and release some energy that I had been holding on to for a lot of my life. And then recently, I loved it so much that I got my EFT certification. And so again, meeting Liz, I just knew I needed to invite her to share more about the magic of EFT. So Liz, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Steph. This is amazing. Yeah, it's so fun to have you here. You are my first in-person interview here at Mompreneur Co. Podcasting Studio. So it's really fun to actually be looking into your eyes. I know, it is. It's fun not to be on Zoom. Yeah, so I would love to open the podcast. I know our conversation is going to get really juicy and really amazing. But one of the things I'm sure some listeners might be wondering is what is EFT? So, you know, what does it stand for? What's it all about? Could you give us the rundown?
1: Yeah, so EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. And it is in kind of a nutshell, I say it's like emotional acupuncture. It's kind of like going to a therapist, but you're tapping on these acupressure points that release stuck energy around Some trauma that you might have that is subconsciously blocking you from moving forward in life.
0: Mm, Yeah. And, you know, can you tell us a little bit more, too, about how the body, you know, there's the book, The Body Keeps Score, and some people may have read that, others may have not. But this was news to me when I started my healing journey a couple of years ago that, you know, you can think your way through things. We can use talk therapy and it can be so helpful. But there is so much that the body, remembers and that we hold on to. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. And
1: it is very apparent to me when I see clients where there are blockages in chakras, and when someone comes to me and they're in pain, our body has a way of holding on to trauma in, in different ways. And one of them can be emotionally, which is the most obvious, but Our body also holds on to traumas and it can manifest in physical ways in our body. So someone could come to me and say that they have a really bad back pain and I'll ask them, you know, what happened? Give me the time when this started. How long ago did your back pain start? Well, it started six years ago when um, I got divorced. I mean, there are so many things that, so many traumas, so many ways our body holds on to trauma subconsciously. So it's just... Unsticking this energy is, when I talk about stuck energy, it's just like you said. It, it's, not, it's not a foolproof way of dealing with our trauma. I mean, even crying, even though that's processing trauma, the energy is actually going in a different direction. And like in these different parts of our body, in our chakras and when we're experiencing back pain. I remember one time in my home office, someone came in and she had a frozen shoulder and she couldn't move her shoulder above her shoulder, actually. She just couldn't lift it any higher. And she said to me, I have no idea what's wrong. I've been into physical therapy. I've been to talk therapy. I've been to acupuncture. I've been to massage therapists. I've had Reiki done, and it won't budge. She said, I have no idea what's going on here. And she said, my physical therapist is also pretty well-versed in energy medicine and suggested to her that she was holding on to something emotionally. And mm-hmm. that's why this wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. So she came to see me. And in one session, <laughs> we figured out that her son was about to go to college. Mm-hmm. And she this was her oldest and someone that she was very attached to because he had a lot of problems with s- stuff going on medically. And she she was very protective of him. And we talked a little bit more about that and realized that she literally had a broken heart over her son leaving to go away to school and she was not going to be able to be there for him and make sure that he was taken care of in the way that he should be and make sure he didn't eat something with nuts in it and, you know, go into anaphylactic shock when she was, you know, no one was around. So we tapped a little bit about this broken heart and the stuck energy around her heart chakra and she was able to lift her arm above her head before she left my office in Mm. 60 minutes. (gasps) So (laughs) it was the stuff that happens when, you know, the ways our body holds on to trauma, the way our body processes trauma, it's different for everyone. But I can guarantee you that most people have some unprocessed childhood trauma, adult trauma, subconscious blocks, um, past life trauma Mm. that they are still holding on to. And EFT is a really, really good way. And you know, a really good way to unstick some of that stuck energy.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love to, like when you mentioned the past life trauma, because mm-hmm. that's one, some people, you know, intellectually they can't identify or c- connect with that. Mm-hmm. And even if that's the case, you use a modality like EFT and it's almost like you don't necessarily need to make contact with the memory with the trauma because your body is doing the work of releasing it for you correct and so it's these things that we carry around like mysteries you know for so much time even
1: yeah even in utero there is trauma that can happen like even if the mother has an accident while you're in utero i mean there could be trauma that you're carrying from that i mean there are so many things that We don't even realize and 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 so many things come up during tapping that we've subconsciously blocked So it's like things that you just repress a lot of times come up during tapping and someone will have this aha moment where it's like I don't believe I just remembered that thing Mm -hmm. or I can't believe that actually happened to me or no wonder I have this back pain. No wonder my knee hurts. No wonder i'm, you know suffering. So It's really a good way to to process a lot
0: Yeah I'm curious, do you find that the clients and the people that come to you are coming with physical pain often and and needing that to be remedied, or is it often an emotional fix that they're looking for?
1: Well, uh, actually, I'm, and I can tell you a little bit about my background in a minute, but the clients that I mostly see have body-focused repetitive behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that I'm very familiar with because I too had it it's something called trichotillomania, which is a tongue twister in itself. (laughs) And it is compulsive hair blowing disorder. And it's classified now instead of as an OCD, it's classified as a body focused repetitive behavior, which is also in the same group as skin picking disorder, lip biting, nail biting, it's all kind of a body focused, it's actually an addictive behavior. Mm -hmm. So um, since I have experience in that, and since I was able to release the stuck energy around the reasons I did this my client base is mostly people that have these types of behaviors also I have worked with a lot of people that have physical pain and I'm really pretty good at finding out the reasons why I've also had um, I'm just come from an anxious kind of just that's my personality Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of an anxious person Mm -hmm. and I've, I've overcome panic disorder I've also had terrible panic attacks in public and in closed spaces where it was like debilitating mm-hmm. I've overcome that and I I mean I will only work with the clients that I feel comfortable with but it's usually based on my personal experience where I feel like I can help the other yeah. kind of weird thing that I had um, uh, is a phobia called a metaphobia which is the fear of throwing up mm.
0: which I had that for, since I was a little girl from a trauma that happened. I didn't know that was a phobia, although I guess there is a word in phobia for nearly anything, but I would go home every day at lunch Uh, My year of second grade, and I was terrified of throwing up. I threw up when I was four years old, Mm -hmm. and I remember like feeling sick. We were supposed to go to an amusement park that day, but I wasn't feeling well. And I told my dad, and then I, you know, that moment when it's like, I really don't feel well. And Mm -hmm. I remember he just ran over and like swung me under my (laughs) arms and ran up the stairs with me, and I got to the toilet. And for whatever reason, even his rescue mission and motion. Felt traumatizing. That, that was traumatic. And yeah. I was, ever, ever since that day, terrified. I mean, up through till I was probably in high school and, you know, did some underage drinking and got uh-huh. sick and then threw up. I didn't uh-huh. throw up for years. But after that, at age four, terrified. Mm-hmm. I mean, really debilitating, yeah. terrified, would panic when I get into mm-hmm. the lunchroom at school and had to go home.
1: And I totally get that because I've been there and I managed to get through it. And having young kids, it was horrible. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a, you know, a baby gets sick and you throw them to your husband and you leave the house. I mean, like what kind yeah. of a mother, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, mm. tapping has helped me in ways that I never I never even thought. So, you know, I only I really work with clients where I've had personal experiences and I feel like I can help the most. Yeah. So, but yes, pain is one of the one of the many things that I do help with because I've had that. But it, it is a lot of times something emotional, some sort of trauma that is suppressed. And it's kind of amazing to see what unfolds in a yeah. session.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to hear more about your story. You did mention, you know, that you support people most often who have been through something that you have been through yourself. Yes. And you mentioned, I will not even try to say yes. the trichotillomania. phrase. tricotillomania. trichotillomania. Uh-huh. Um, so will you... Share a little bit more about your story with that and how it presented itself, what that was like. And Yeah,
1: so the hair pulling started when I was eight years old. My brother, sister, and I were stuck inside one whole summer. We all had chicken pox. And I remember being like devastated that I couldn't go outside and ride bikes with my friends and play outside till it was dark and you know, all of that. And I somehow managed to uh, stumble on my eyelashes and realize that, hey, if I pluck these out one by one, it either gives me something to do, it feels kind of good, whatever. But within hours, I had no eyelashes on my <sighs> eyelids. So um, that was, I was eight. And it eventually turned into hair pulling, mm-hmm. which by the time I was in college, I had to wear a full wig. Wow. So it was an That type of disorder, I can't tell you how shameful it is, Mm -hmm. how so alone you feel with it. You feel like you can't tell anyone. You can't do things that other people are doing. You can't go swimming with anyone. It's hard to have a boyfriend or be intimate with anyone. It's hard to even tell a best friend that you have this because they think you're nuts or you think they think you're nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't something I chose to do. It It ended up to be a... It was it was an addiction yeah. um, and there are endorphins that are released when you mm. pull hairs on any part of your body. They're the most sensitive parts of your body. And I wish I would have known though, at a young age, I wish someone would have said to me, hey, um, you're an empath, hey, mm. you're highly sensitive because yeah. then some of these behaviors might've made sense to me, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't actually know or no one actually told me that I was an empath and highly yeah. sensitive until I was 30. Yeah. And I remember thinking, ding, this light bulb went off. Oh my gosh, that's me. So Mm -hmm. I did, my mother, I remember her, um, my parents also got divorced when I was 15. So it was after this had happened, but my parents had had a rocky relationship ever since I could remember as a young child. And I thought, okay, someone, I have some sort of blocked memory. Someone did something to me. Why would I do this to myself? Mm -hmm. So I spent years and tens of thousands (laughs) of dollars trying to Figure out what I was doing. I took medications that made me feel even worse than I did. That made me pull more than I did. Um, that I mean, it was it was just a nightmare. And when I got married, I remember I never even told my husband that I had this, which I still mm-hmm. had it. But I wow. and when I was twenty five, I was able to stop long enough to regrow my hair yeah. and not have to wear wigs. So, but I was still pulling inadvertently, haphazardly, it's almost, you almost do it like in a trance. Like you Mm, don't, mm -hmm. you don't know you're doing it. But I wanted to figure out why I was, I wanted to stop doing it before I had kids is what I knew. But that didn't happen. I ended up after my second son, which was back in 2014, I was nursing and he did not sleep. He was not a sleeper. He had colic. Mm. I was up all night with him. I remember having panic attacks in bed, wondering when he's going to wake up and being stuck in the nursing chair. I nursed both my boys for way too long. (laughs) And um, uh, one night in the nursing chair, I looked down and there was a pile of hair on the floor next to me. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be bald. And what, you know, like, I don't want to take medication. I want to still be able to nurse. So I remember Googling with one hand, drug-free ways to help trichotillomania Mm -hmm. and stumbled on EFT. Yeah. So I looked up a YouTube video, taught myself how to do it. And didn't pull my hair for three months straight wow. which was like unheard of never had happened. unheard of it was willpower that yeah. i was going on prior to that and yeah. willpower is not quitting willpower is like it's exhausting it's exhausting mentally it's hard emotionally physically exhausting yeah. so um i remember keeping i i was raised catholic i still am practicing catholic my kids go to catholic school and um, I remember keeping a rosary in my pocket and when I'd want to pull it, I'd go to the rosary in my pocket and that's how it, I would overcome it Soothe for the moment. Those, yeah. yeah. But it is a soothing behavior and I didn't know why I was doing it. I didn't know why I couldn't turn it off. But this tapping was like a miracle. Yeah. I started telling everyone about it. Yeah. And then around the holidays, when stress goes up, I remember it being November and pulling my hair again in November. It was around Thanksgiving time. And it's, it's a tough time for parents or kids of a divorced parents and their stress. Mm-hmm. So I started pulling again and I thought, I'm not doing this right. I must find someone locally that can show me. I'm sure I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So I, I've looked up a practitioner locally, her name's Betsy Moeller. She's in Strongsville in the Cleveland area, and she is an EFT practitioner as well as a trainer. Mm. I went to her house and had a one-on-one session with her, and although she did not help me with my polling, she didn't even know what it was, because a lot of people don't, Yeah, um, which that was fine. We still tapped, and, I, and she showed me how to, we talked it out and what I was supposed to be doing, and... Um, it does help. I still see a practitioner today if I have mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that I'm dealing with that I just can't unstick because Great it's very hard. Too. Yeah, It's very hard to be specific. And mm-hmm. EFT tapping works the best when you're very specific about what it is that you want to clear. So I was intrigued by the whole tapping thing. And she was a trainer and she said, you know, I, I'm I'm doing EFT level one in Cleveland in the summertime. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm kind of interested. And I just kind of went. And so I did level one and level two with her and then decided to get my certification, which took nine months. Mm -hmm. And during the certification process, a part of the certification, along with doing like 50 hours of of clinicals with 20 different clients and doing four clinical write-ups and all kinds of work to do this, I you had to have some sort of a personal transformation during your time training. So you could pick whoever you wanted to work with and you mm-hmm. had to do four sessions with someone who was already certified mm-hmm. in an area that you wanted to work on yourself. So I, I chose my hair pulling, what else would I choose? You sure. know, I found a practitioner who I had known of before and her name is Joan Kaler. She's in Pittsburgh, she's also a, a now an EFT trainer okay. and she had trick. So. I thought immediately I'm going to use Joan. So Mm -hmm. I had four sessions with her. And on the third session, I never pulled my hair again. Mm. So what transpired in those sessions, though, was no one did anything to me. Mm -hmm. No one. I I was in a bad, Mm -hmm. you know, situation. My parents yelling and things like Mm -hmm. that did cause trauma. But it wasn't something that someone did to me. I was not taught how to deal with my own emotions. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't know how their parents mm-hmm. didn't teach them. I didn't know how to deal with uncomfortable emotions mm-hmm. and I was smart enough to come up this way yeah. that turned into an addiction. Yeah. So being able to say, being able to unstick that energy, being able to know what why. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened and then when I when I started my practice it was focused on this mm-hmm. because I, I know it so well, and because it's such a shameful thing for people to talk about even that, you know, some people that I see say, we've never even met anyone or talked to anyone that's ever had this. Yeah. And so I feel like it was, it was my calling. I yeah. mean, I, I was meant to go through this. This was your path. This uh, is my path, I, and, and to be able to figure out a way to get over it. And um, I was so sure that I wouldn't do it again that I actually got a tattoo that says freedom mm. on my wrist. And I am not a tattoo person, but yeah. I felt I had to... Mark this milestone in my life yeah. by being able to, you know, look at my wrist and know, hey, I I I freed myself of this yeah. addiction. So
0: yeah, I love that. Thank yeah. you so much you for sharing so, so vulnerably <laughs> and openly. I'm sure it will help a lot of people. And yeah. as you share that, I'm curious. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm curious about and want to ask you, but the the most recent one that comes to mind is you'd mentioned earlier on that your husband didn't know initially that this Mm -hmm. was an addiction of yours and a coping mechanism. And this, this Mm -hmm. thing you used to soothe as you began healing yourself, I would imagine at some point there came a time that you shared with him. Uh I'm not sure, but I would imagine. And so I would love to hear just a little bit about that. You know, even for me um, with my spiritual awakening and my healing, I remember getting to a space in my life where I was like, things are about to change a lot. I'm about to change a lot. And my husband knows me to be this way and mm-hmm. to be this kind of woman who's interested in this things and who mocks these things and mm-hmm. who, right. And so some of the things that I had spent a lot of my life mocking were things I was starting to turn to mm-hmm. for my healing, mm-hmm. you know? And so I remember being really shy to even let him know that I was interested in like this woo culture, right? (laughs) Energy healing and all of the other things that Uh go along with it. And I didn't share for a while. And then eventually I did tell him, I'm like, hey, I am I am about to go through some massive changes here. I just know that I am on a healing journey. And even saying healing made me cringe Uh at the time. That's how far and like how disassociated from myself Mm -hmm. I had been. And I said, I need to do this in private. Like I need to read the books that I want to read. And you're going to see some things arriving from Amazon that might we might have laughed at together or mocked together. Mm-hmm. And like, this is now my path. And I need you to just kind of ignore it for now. I don't even want you to ask me about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share it with you. I need to become comfortable with it myself. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, when I'm ready to include you, I will. And at that time will come. But like, I don't want you to feel like I'm you're losing me or like I'm getting too distant or anything like that. And I don't even want like one sweet, funny remark about anything uh-huh. that you hear or see me yep. doing. Uh huh. Um, and we, you know, got to the space. And of course he was like, of course, like I accept you however you are and uh-huh. go, take all the space you need. And this is great. And so, you know, now we are where we are, but I think a lot of women, a lot of people who are going through any transition or transformation in their lives, especially if it's healing of some kind, there can be this layer of shame or guilt or like fear of being found out, you know? Um, so I would love to hear uh, and whether it is your experience in conjunction with your husband and letting him know about this thing mm-hmm. that you'd carried with you your whole life or whether there's another anecdote you want to share. But
1: Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that. And um, so the reason I didn't tell my husband was because, uh, like you said, it was shameful. It was like, well, would he want to be with me if he knew about this? What if I ended up with no hair? What if I ended up, you know, uh, who knows what? But it, it was just too embarrassing to talk about. So and at that point, it wasn't noticeable or and it wasn't, you know, in my life, I wasn't I, I didn't have a lot of stress. I was working a corporate job as a designer. We were both at the same job. That's where we met. Mm-hmm. And I I remember having to tell him probably I, I think he knew before um, that kind of pivotal moment where I found EFT online when when I was nursing my son that time, but um, I remember just breaking down and crying and saying, "I have this thing, mm-hmm. and like I don't know if you're going to love me anymore or like me." And he was just like, "I don't care." Mm-hmm. I I mean, it really matters if you have a supportive partner when yeah. when you do decide to tell someone. But he's yeah. he's pretty. Um, in touch with his feminine side, I'd say, for this big guy. I mean, he's like, you know, not huge, but he's he's a lot big, I'm a small person. He's, yeah. he's a big guy compared to me. We both are. For anyone yeah. listening, we're
0: about five feet tall. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> to just that about we're same tiny, for you. Yes. Yeah.
1: And my husband's like 5'11, 200 pounds, you know, big, <laughs> big high, and he's pretty woo woo. So, yeah. um, I, at that point, I, you know, when I told him the first time, I didn't, I don't think I was even interested in EFT, but he said, what can I do to help you? And I didn't know at that point, I don't know. I don't know why I can't stop doing this. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. He was just confused. Why would you, why would you do this? So when I finally found tapping, he was like, go, go for it, do whatever you want. And I remember thinking at that time we, I wasn't working um, and he was just starting in a new kind of a new real estate path and we didn't have a ton of money. And I was a stay at home mom doing some freelance graphic design on the side. And I thought, I really want to take this class, but it was like three thousand dollars, and where am I going to get the money? And out of the blue, someone that I hadn't talked to in years and years contacted me and said, "Can you do a website for me?" And the class was—I remember being three thousand dollars for the class for EFT. Yeah. And I thought to myself, "Okay, I'm going to tell—I'm ta- going to ask her for three thousand dollars for this yeah. website. If she says yes, then I'm going to do, I'm, I'm do this class." So. I said $3,000. She said, great. I did this website and like the rest was history. So I felt like it was the universe aligned. I was supposed to do this. And... My husband, he thinks you know, some of my crystal stuff is out, out there. You know, I'm making mm. moon water and doing yeah. you know st-
0: yeah. <laughs> stuff yeah. that's like a little yeah. a little witchy. But yes, which um, I love. It, we need to make some moon water all, together. <laughs> yeah, it all.
1: Um, but he's up for it, which yeah. is like he he just moved into a new office and sh- sent me some pictures yesterday. It was two days ago, and he had crystals that I gave him oh, all over his desk, sweet and man. it was just. Um, so he is very in touch with his feminine side. Like I said, he's very into holistic stuff. He was very supportive. Uh, We tap with our kids. Um, I mean, I do specifically, he has used other practitioners, not me specifically, but other practitioners to help him with stuff. Mm -hmm. So he knows what a huge difference it made and how I've changed because of it. And it's only for the better. So it's like, maybe if he was leery to begin with, he's not leery now and I mean, I make a better living now than I did as a freelance graphic designer. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I can't see an end in sight for this. He was, he was awesome. So yeah. And it, and it is a journey and it's still a journey and I'm still, I'm still doing all kinds of stuff. I went for the first time in May with um, my trainer and a group of women to a retreat in, um, we went to Charleston for a week and I've never surrounded myself with, energy workers yeah. like for a, for a week. Yeah. And my husband said to me, mm. I can't believe you want to go to that. You don't even like people. <laughs> like what are you doing? Yeah. So this has kind of opened me up to a lot of things about myself and people that I should surround myself with that yeah. I I was unaware of mm, until yeah. then. So.
0: Yeah, I love that. I spent a a weekend with some of my friends, women that I'd met most of them virtually all over the world. Um, But all healers, all very spiritual women, energy workers, different, you know, intuitives, empaths, all of that. And I was like, these women need to meet. We need to be under one roof and just make magic together. Mm -hmm. And so I put out the invitation to a group of these women and nearly all of them said yes. And we all met in Sedona and stayed in this (sighs) amazing house for a few days and just had a self-led retreat. And wow, like being in the energy of people (laughs) who are. Are so close to the veil, mm-hmm. who are so open hearted and who have just that frequency and vibration of healing. It's just, I, know. I mean, some really out of this world stuff I happened. No, you on can't that trip. explain. Yeah. I have had the
1: same experiences, and like you couldn't, no one w- would believe you unless they <laughs> experienced it too. It's just yeah. like shocking. Totally. But now it's addicting. Like I want to be with people that have like
0: energy. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's kind of really cool. Yeah. So speaking of just being around certain energies and how now you and I are both in the space of really craving that and realizing how it can enrich our lives and make us so much better. You mentioned earlier on in the show about being empathic, being an HSP or highly sensitive person, which I am both as well. I can't remember when my mom was the one to share with me that I was an HSP and mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? You know, da, da, mm-hmm. da. and I remember being like, "Ugh, like, why though? why do I have to be this way? You know, know. And, and you can embellish it all on what a highly sensitive person is for anyone who's listening that doesn't know. It's um, someone who's like all of your senses are extremely heightened. Mm -hmm. So your hearing, your sense of smell, your nervous system, like everything Everything. is just finely, highly tuned so that any little sound, any aroma or odor, like it hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, and I don't know about you, but I was also a people pleaser growing up. So Mm -hmm. it was just like, shut that all down so that you can make everyone else comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? And I like, I like people. I like being around people, but I really need that alone time to shut down and recharge and rest. Me too. And, and uh, HSPs do like, you
1: have to have that alone time because it's, it's like an, um, an, a sensory overload right like I can't explain I need to know that I'm going to a place where it's gonna mm. be loud and obnoxious yep. or you know a concert or I need to know like I can't be bombarded I mean my kids get a, they think it's a hoot that they can scare mom like anytime they want because I'm my sense my nervous system is on such high alert all the time that they can come around the corner if I'm not expecting them they scare the daylights out of me yeah and you know I'm it's just loud noises um,
0: anything it's just it's a different way it's different it it's is. just different my son Bruce the four and a half year old he is an HSP yeah. too my husband you know it's like I really feel like he is but then I feel like parts of him are so conditioned to not be that he like because he's the one that will he likes to jolt us you know or uh-huh. he will sing in this like unpurpose horrible <laughs> tone and my son will be like stop it you know it really uh-huh. bothers him um, and seeing my son, too, just in in certain relationships and friendships, things that really set him off. Uh-huh. And for a lot of other kids who are totally typical in whatever ways, wouldn't bother them. Yep. But for him, it's this total infringement on his energy mm-hmm. and his space. And so his reactions can be really powerful and intense. Yep. And I have that, too, with
1: my 13-year-old. Yeah. Um, my 9-year-old, not so much. Yeah. And my husband, not at all. That's why he's, like, shocked that I'm grabbing the oh shit handle in the car while he's driving, like all the yes. time because I'm. <laughs> I don't know. I just have my reflexes are so heightened too. It's almost like it's 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 a hard it's it's hard when you have. Yeah. One that is and one that isn't. But um, that's where tapping is so great, too. Because my 13-year-old will ask, you know, mom, can we tap about something that happened at school today? Um, Or my nine-year-old who has, we're working on his fear of blood. If he gets hurt or cut or something, will you tap? And I tap on him, directly on him. So he doesn't even have to tap himself. But um, it's such a great way to calm. It's such a great way to clear Tra- traumas. I mean, you wouldn't believe the clients I hear that have tra- stored trauma from childhood that dates back to, you know, um, so-and-so said this little thing to me. And yeah. I've been carrying it for it's, – it's, it's caused a standstill in my life because I believe this subconsciously. Mm. So um, to be able to have this and use it from an early age is like I feel like I have this – magical power.
0: Totally. I've started just tap sometimes I just tap on my children without mm-hmm. the words because exactly they won't they they won't absorb uh-huh. them right now, especially the two and a half year old or if they're in that monkey brain, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just and it it's, really does oh, yeah. settle them. You know, them or down. do their chest mm-hmm. in bed when I'm trying to get them to mm-hmm. settle down. I do animals
1: just. too. I've worked with horses. <gasps> I've worked with dogs. I had no idea. Yeah. That's amazing. And amazing. um yeah it's it works just
0: just as well makes on animals. sense. I did acu- we had our dog we our epileptic dog went to acupuncture for many years, which, oh my gosh! Well, my cat. This is
1: years and years ago before I. I should have known. I was, you know, I should have been in energy medicine. I found someone to do Reiki on my cat, and this was this was thirty years ago yeah. when he was sick. And I mean, why would I? Why would I yeah. intuitively find that? You right. know, in that moment, I mean, who would have ever even heard of Reiki that long ago? I mean, I'm old.
0: Well, sometimes (laughs) I think we find those things for not for ourselves first. You know, we look Mm -hmm. to these other modalities and other solutions and ways to fix or help the people or the animals in our lives. Yes. And we're maybe not open to it ourselves yet for ourselves, but it's sort of subconsciously there. Right. You know, and that was your like little. Yeah. yeah, That was your little introduction. It
1: needed to the universe kind of put it there. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's amazing the way the universe works. It all happens for
0: a reason. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you are proof of that with (laughs) the path that you've walked and the life that you've created for yourself and all the ways that you are helping the world, helping your children. I mean, it's massive. It's huge. So, okay. I want to, I want to circle back real quick to, we were talking about the HSP and highly sensitive Mm -hmm. person being empathic and how for much of your life and my life, it was something that felt really overwhelming. Something that felt like, "Why is this happening to me? This why is this bothering? You know, these things bother me so much more than my friends, etc." And now it seems we have both figured out ways to utilize these things as as gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are gifts. Being empathic, being highly sensitive, these are gifts. So, were you aware of the ways that you were able to begin working with those parts of yourself? to get to a place where you do love surrounding yourself with people. You're going on this retreat with energy workers, you know, something that maybe a few years ago would be like a no way. Yeah, and I feel like when I started my business, it was such
1: a shift to go from what I did as an artist, although that was creative, I feel like it was a, a very big shift, not in a bad way. It was just using my, my creativity in a different way and my energy in a different way because I always needed some sort of creative outlet. And I think I got that with my art for years. And I still do art to this day and use it as an outlet. But this was a different way of using that kind of energy. But I didn't realize people would need it as much as they need it Too, no. I didn't realize that people would seek me out. I wrote a case study with an, an emetophobia client that is published. And a lot of people find me from that. A lot of people find me from people that have written blog posts or other podcasts that I've been on. And I don't really do that much marketing. It's kind of funny that people just find me. But I feel like there is the energy that you put out there is the energy that you you get back. And I kind of put out into the universe. Um, although I wasn't, I didn't know that I would be successful in doing right. this or that anyone would want to see me or that I would be good at it. I mean, it's very... It's very, a very different thing than what I was doing before, but I just kind of put the energy out into the universe. I want clients that are ready to work mm-hmm. and that I can actually help. Mm-hmm. And when I want to manifest clients, that always is what happens. And sometimes I don't. I have so many clients, I just, I just shut it down for a while, yeah. but I'm still learning how to use my energy to help people, to get what I need, to support myself emotionally, um these other paths that you know going to sound baths like where where i met you um going to these retreats just knowing how to regenerate myself Mm. and the ways that i need to be regenerated which it's not like going out for drinks with girlfriends which i love doing Um, you know that's fun but I also have a hard time sitting and listening and like it's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to be in my own space. I want to experience different things. I want to be able to walk on the beach. I want to be able to c- collect shells and then I want to be able to get together and make a, ma- a mandala out of the things yeah. that we found and talk about that or it, it, it's it's very different. What I thought I needed in life is very different than where I am now.
0: yeah. I love that. And it just makes me think so much about, again, this conditioning that we have to push down our true natural states, right? Mm-hmm. Your true natural state of being empathic, of being highly sensitive. And just having to swallow that a lot of your life and find this way of coping, of soothing yourself when there was this overstimulation happening around you, within you. Mm -hmm. And it's when you are able to meet yourself exactly where you are and see yourself wholly and completely and then give yourself the tools, the people, the resources, the environments, the energy that recharge you, right? Like you said, like going out for drinks with girlfriends – fun, but not the not only the, way, right. not my only Definitely outlet, not. not my only way to plug back into community. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was like knowing that you're sensitive, knowing you're empathic and working with that to surround yourself with other healing things like sound baths, like yeah. mandala making, all yeah. of that. And right? it took
1: a while to come into that though, really. Like uh, I'm just now in the last year or so, really focusing on more of being around people that have the same interests as me, that are empathic, that are energy workers. It wasn't that I pushed it away before. It was just, I probably had, you know, my kids were really young then and I didn't have the time and now I'm making at least a little bit more time. And these are the people that I'm choosing, you know, it's definitely a different group than I would have thought, but it's, it's my tribe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you never would have found them had you not lived the life that you had, right. That you didn't, Have trick that you, you know, then were able to find this way to support yourself that you took it a step further Mm -hmm. and got certified, created a business out of it. And then followed that path for a long time before you really started making this time for yourself socially and emotionally in other ways, exactly. beyond your career, beyond supporting others. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just really inspiring for anyone listening to to be reminded of the evolution of your life, the seasons of your life, the different cycles that we go through. And it can so often feel like we're stuck or we're going backwards or you know, we're not pushing ahead and excelling or ascending in the ways that we want. But there's is a plan, right? I really believe that too, that the universe has a plan for us and we do find our way. Yes, eventually we
1: do. And, and it's letting go a little bit and letting the universe kind of guide us or spirit or whoever, the God, whoever you want to say yeah. is up there for you. Um, holding on too tight, I think. And that's my personality is this type A personality to kind of hang on to things real tight. When you let go is when things flow. Yeah, Letting go has really shown me what life is capable of doing for you. It's kind of crazy yeah. that you have you actually have control. Yeah. You have more control when you let go. <laughs>
0: mm, oh, yes. <laughs> so, I learned that again uh, and again and it again. It's <laughs> hard to tell people
1: that. And, yeah. and I tap about that so much with so many people. And um, when the light finally goes off, it's like the best feeling ever. Like, yeah. oh, there's a shift there. They finally get
0: it. Right. Oh, magic. 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 It is magic. Well, that's why it's here on the Little Scraps of Magic <laughs> podcast. So I have two more questions for you, and they're they're quick ones just to wrap things up here. One is, and I ask every guest at the end of the show this question, but what is a little scrap of magic? in your life right now? Some people choose a few. A little scrap of magic
1: in my life is I'm just in a good place right now. So honestly, every day of just being able to be with my kids, enjoying family time, changing with the seasons Mm -hmm. kind of thing, and saying yes to more things, I think, than I normally would is just kind of, I don't know, it's just... It really gives me joy. I just feel like I have so many reasons to be grateful right now. I'm like at a really, it's just a really good time. So I don't know if that even answers the question. It does. But it's
0: beautiful. <laughs> Ride that wave. That is that is the best feeling. And I'm so glad that you are in that place right now. My last question is for anybody who wants to hear more from you, potentially work with you, learn more about your story, where can they find you? And do you have any special offers for our listeners? Yes. So
1: just so you know, even though I'm in Cleveland, I have clients all over the world. So you can reach me on my website, tapintohealth.net. And on Instagram, I am tapintohealth underscore EFT. And I would love to do a free discovery call with you. And you can schedule that right on my website under the client section. And I would love to also give you $25 off of a 60-minute session with me or $50 off of a four-pack session with me.
0: Amazing. So I will get links from you and any coupon codes if they're needed, and we'll put those in the show notes. So if you are listening to this right now, you can go to the show notes after you're done, and you can find all the ways to get in contact with Liz there. So Liz, thank you so much for sharing your time with me oh, today. Wow,
1: it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been
0: amazing. Yes, and thank you to Megan, the founder and owner of Mompreneur Co., the beautiful podcasting studio that we get to be sitting in face-to-face, luxuriating in oh, these lovely beautiful. velvet pink chairs. Know,
1: so luxurious <laughs> and beautiful. Thank yeah. you, Megan.
0: Yes, anyone who is looking to create or launch a podcast, Megan is amazing with that. She helped me launch this produce it and is sponsoring it so yeah just all the thanks to her too so liz any parting words for our our listeners here just do what makes you happy
1: in life honestly there everyone has a path and it might be something completely different than what you thought it was it was going to be in the first place but there are no mistakes in
0: life i wish you health and and love and joy Mm, beautiful perfect note to end on thank you Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you wanna create some magic in your life right now, if you're longing to connect with your power and stillness, ready to embark on a healing spiritual journey, then my upcoming retreat within, happening November 3rd through the 6th in Castro Valley, California is just what you need. I'm co-hosting this retreat with my soul sisters and fellow wise women, Christine Lou Sign of Breathe with Teen and Tanisha Baines of The Rooted Experience. Enjoy organic meals, healing breathwork and sound baths, wild invitations for play, intuitive movement, and deeply connected sisterhood. There's a link to learn more and book your room in my show notes for this episode. And as a thank you for being a listener, you can use code Little Scraps of Magic for 10% off. Until next time. looking for those little scraps of magic.